Blog Talk Radio. For all the news you need to know, welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show, where great people and great topics are brought together for stimulating and thought-provoking conversation brought to you by the Vibration Radio Network. And welcome everyone to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm yours, Bianca Fly. I want to say welcome to another dynamic episode of the Beautiful Butterfly Radio Show. Brought to you by no other than Vibration Radio. Um, And so tonight, folks, you're in store for another fantastic treat, you guys. Uh, We got author Sharon D. Moore. She's in the building this evening. We're going to be discussing her own book, her own personal book um, entitled Hidden in Plain Sight, you guys. And so we've had a lot of people who have definitely been interested in hearing her story tonight, share her. And so I hope you guys enjoy what she brings to you guys. And so as always, if you have a question or a comment, uh, for Sharon, feel free to call in. The number is 347-326-9139 is the number. Or, as many of you like to do, you can send your questions to me via inbox on Facebook at Bianca Fly, and I'd be happy to uh, ask your questions here live on the air this evening, you guys. And so what we're going to do is we're going to pay a few bills with a commercial, and then we're going to come back and we're going to welcome our special guest, of the evening, Sharon D. Moore, you guys, right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. There is a musical revolution coming. A mixture of jazz, soul, and funk. we call 
lyrical soul. The album Existence will be everywhere January 20th, 2018. And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. And as stated earlier, you guys, we are welcoming author Sharon D. Moore, you guys. She is the author of Hidden in Plain Sight. And so tonight we are going to uh, get the inside scoop um, on the story uh, behind this book. Uh, this is a part of book one. Uh, of the Under the Shadow of the Almighty series, you guys. And so we are happy and delighted to welcome Sharon on the show tonight. Sharon, you there? Yes. Welcome. You How are you doing? I can. I'm well. Huh? How are you? I am doing fantastic. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, doing well. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. First, want to thank you uh, so much for coming on here and, and sharing this fantastic book and your story with our listeners. Oh, sweet of you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely, my pleasure. And so, uh, Sharon, for the folks out here, this may be their first time uh, meeting you, getting to hear you speak. Tell us a little bit about Behind. Who is Sharon D. Moore? Wow. Um, Sharon D. Moore is a loaded, kind of a loaded question, huh? (laughs) Yeah. I am a 51-year-old first-time author and kind of like a late bloomer in this kind of uh, thing, exploring uh, this this part of myself in terms of writing. Um, I am a military brat, so I grew up around the world, um, and I am just a mixed bag of what you wouldn't expect out of (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Someone like me, as well as what you would expect. I think that's that's a good summary right there. I'm kind of a mixed bag. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, uh, for you, um, now I know a, a, a lot of folks, um, especially uh, when they get into writing, oftentimes it comes it comes to them in various forms. But yours actually right. had a very interesting way <laughs> of connecting yep. with you and so this journey for you began with a dream correct yes yes okay and so did. tell us a little um, bit um behind that because actually when I read and I had to keep reading it twice I was like wait the same dream and so tell us <laughs> a little bit about this dream and, and and fill people in how often you had this dream okay Well, in 2001, unfortunately, I can't tell you the day it started, but I know it was sometime after June, so the last half of 2001, one night I went to sleep and had a dream. And that's not nothing odd for me because I dream a lot. Um, I dream more nights than I don't. Um, But this particular dream was just so involved and so disturbing Mm -hmm. um, that you wake up the next morning and it's just like it stays with you all day. And I was just like, huh, 
that was different, you know. Yeah, and yeah. The next, you know, <laughs> the next night I went to bed and had the same dream. And I woke up and I was just like, okay, see, that seemed familiar. <laughs> and <laughs> so in my mind I'm starting to think, surely there were differences. And I'm going through trying to think, no, no. So then I'm starting to go, hmm, okay. The next night, here we go, the pattern starts. I began having the same exact dream every single night over a year. And let me tell you how crazy it got. Not only was I having the same, seriously living out the whole Bill Murray Groundhog Day thing, um, not only was I having the same basic dream, but um, not long after I began having it, I would manifest as a different person in the dream. Wow. So let's take, for example, that I'm having a dream about this interview. Tonight when I have the dream, I would be you. I would be okay. you listening to me saying the exact same thing that, you know, I'm saying right now. And, right. But I would have your memories, your history. Right now you could be thinking about your grocery list. You could be thinking about tomorrow while you're right. listening to me. All of that is right. going on, your history, your likes, your dislikes, whatever. Tomorrow wow. night, the exact same dream, except I would be me. The dialogue would not change, but who I was in the dream was change, would change, so my whole perception of events would change, but it was the same dream. Right. So it didn't take long for me to think I was crazy. I mean, really, yeah. I was starting to go, right, right. this ain't normal. People don't do this. (laughs) So, you know, um, I I was like, well, I got deep um, being a Christian, and I I decided, you know, Lord, are you trying to tell me something? This is is about somebody I know. So, of course, I began to give everyone in ministry the side eye, whether I knew you or not, because I was like, this is about somebody. God sent me to be the voice. (laughs) And... um, (laughs) But it wasn't. But the funny thing is, is that have you ever, like, gotten a new car, and then as soon as you get the new car, you start seeing that car everywhere? Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Just like Absolutely. you didn't notice? Well, all yep. of a sudden, I'm starting to run into people named Quincy, run into people named James, run into people like Jason. Everybody <laughs> in the book, I started running, and I was like, it's you. It's you. <laughs> but it wouldn't be. So once I got over my whole super holy vengeance is mine, I am the prophet of the world phase, um, it really started to concern me because I'm like, this doesn't happen because I could get up in the middle of the night during the dream, go to the bathroom, get back in the bed, and resume the dream. Wow. It was just wow. a ridiculous thing. And so um, long story short, um, one night I was at praise team rehearsal. And so you know how you like want to kind of, share what you're going through, but when you're doing something that's real crazy, you don't want to admit it. Right. So you're like, I'm asking for a friend. I'm like, I heard somebody talking about they had the same dream over and over and over again. You know, who does that? You know, I try to play it off like that. And so, right. <laughs> you know, hey, saving the perception of my sanity. So the person I was talking to said, journal. They need to journal. Tell them to journal. Write it all down and, you know, get it out. There may be something in there. You know, they went deep into the Holy of Holies. But I decided, okay, that's a good idea. So Mm -hmm. I went, I think I left there, went to Walmart and bought a notebook. 
and try to journal, which I am terrible at it. To be a writer, I am terrible at journaling. I get <laughs> notebooks, I get five pages in, and they get abandoned. So it was not going well. So one right. day I just sat down at the computer, and it was March 29th, and I know that because, you know, when you type a Word document, it saves the first date, and it was March of 29th, 2002, and I started typing. And then it was just like the words were flowing out of my fingers, and it became an obsession. I would have typing marathons on the weekend where I would, like, wake up, get at the computer, and I was eating food that you could eat with one hand and just get up <laughs> and go to the bathroom, and I'd look up, and it'd be dark outside. Wow. And so after months of that, you know, it was like um, I didn't notice right away, but the dreams started to decrease. Mm-hmm. And when I first noticed, wait a minute, I didn't have the dream last night. For somebody who hated the experience because it was so all-encompassing, I got terrified right. that I was losing it. It was like being in an abusive relationship. Baby, don't mm-hmm. hit, hit me, but baby, don't go. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. In the world. So, um, but long story short, by the time I typed the last word, I had over two million words. I felt finished like emptied out and I have not had the dream since. And so it was just like, wow. Okay. But the thing about it is that people are like, oh yeah, you had a dream and you just think you had the same dream. No. Okay. The phone's ringing. Ignore that. Um, (laughs) It was that it would take over me. Like for example, if someone in my dream was injured, when I first woke up, woke up in the morning, I would have um, phantom pain in that area. Wow. If someone was angry, I would wake up in a rage. You know, you know, you wake up from a dream and you're mad. I mean, uh-huh. punching yeah. walls yeah. kind of mad. And I would wow. have to come back to myself. And I learned coping mechanisms to, um, you know, just to cope with it. Because right. I honestly thought I was cracking up. You know, but I didn't want anybody to know I was, like, going to the latest, the, the local mental hospital going to check me in. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's pretty much how it went down. So for you, uh, because a lot of times, and you said it earlier, that a lot of times when you have dreams, I know, especially for me, I've had dreams, some of the same similar dreams, but not night after night. But sometimes right. we have dreams so disturbing that we're trying to figure out like man what's what's going on with me you know and so for right. you you're having these dreams how did you keep from thinking like man am I going crazy am I losing it you know because that's the that's the first initial thought like okay I'm losing it I'm I'm having this dream every night nobody's going to believe that I'm having this dream every night right you know so so how did you you know, keep your sanity without thinking like, okay, you know what? I need to, I need to go get some psychological help because this is, <laughs> this is just too much for me right now. <laughs> well, okay. There was, there's a few layers to that. First of all, um, I really did, you know, examine the dream because I didn't believe I was having the same dream every night. Right. I right. would analyze different parts like, okay, fine. Try to find what was different. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, this is the first time I've ever told this, but I actually kind of was trying to change the dream. Like, okay, maybe if I think this, the dream will change. You know, like I could will it to change, and it wouldn't. 
Right. But I think, and 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 very speaking very seriously, I know a joke about you know feeling crazy or whatever, but you know yeah. mental illness is a real thing, and I have yeah, family members who are mentally ill, absolutely. and I understand now why people um, who may have some sort of uh, mental issue going on don't necessarily immediately go seek help. Yeah, yeah. Because you're like, this is weird. It's going on. It's in my head. And, right. you know, you're looking around at everybody else like, did, did you, you know, <laughs> experience yeah. that? Um, it's, it's a very scary, vulnerable thing to do. Um, and I think that um, if I had probably written, you know, down everything in the dream and was still having the dream, I put a, mm-hmm. would have probably eventually, you know, seen some a professional to find out was there something broken because right. I could not dream anything else. And my dreams have always been very colorful, very vivid, very, you know. Yeah. I mean, I dreamed in cartoon one night. I was a cartoon character. I mean, for real. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I had been hijacked for that long. Um, right. It was unnerving. Wow. So through this process, um, was there anyone that you told that you were having this? Besides, you know, trying to find out, okay, how how do I keep track with this as far as, you know, keeping a journal of uh, of what's going on, what's taking place? Outside of that, was there anybody else that you confided into about this dream? And what kind of feedback did you get back from people, you know, once you told them, like... Well. <laughs> There was there was one person I actually did confide yeah. a little bit. Um yeah. it was one of them situationships and so right. he don't count now. <laughs> but at the time I was just like, I keep having this dream, da 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 and it was just like a brief conversation in the car and you know, his reaction was like, Huh, yeah, write it down you know, 'cause I by that time right. I'd already started writing. But, you know, he didn't offer any insight or anything, and that's why mm-hmm. he's no longer. I'm sorry. See, that was petty. That was really, really petty. It's I'm okay. We, it's okay to have a <laughs> look, It's okay to have a petty moment. <laughs> We're allowed a little petty moment every now and then. <laughs> a little bit. And so uh, for you uh, with this process in the dream, um, mm-hmm. and so for you, um, outside of that, you because you talked about how you actually w- were running into people who were some of the characters were in your dream. So I, I'm, I can imagine, only imagine that really took you for a loop when you start actually coming encounter with people with the same names as some of the individuals that you were running into in your dream. Listen. I was turning into a mini investigator because, you know, <laughs> um, it would be like, what's going on with them? You know, how this happened, how that happened, you know, um, just kind of, you know, watching people because I'm a people watcher anyway. Um, right. And, but, you know, it never panned out. Thankfully, you know, God would arrange things to happen but I, where I could like go, oh, it's not them because God forbid I'd be sitting outside their house or going through their trash trying to prove, <laughs> you know, but uh, <laughs> no, nah. um, it, it was just really surreal and the, like yeah. I said, the only way I can describe it is like when you buy a car and then you start seeing the car everywhere. Um, those names just really, really stood out. 
in the in the moments of of having dreams so vividly um mm-hmm. for you did you find that it was hard to f- focus because especially I know for me if I've had a truly truly disturbing dream and I've had those dreams that I've actually woken up out of my sleep crying because it affected mm-hmm. me so you know and so and yeah. then it just has a, a way of weighing on you like the whole day it seemed like your body just can't you know shake whatever you experienced and so for you did you have a hard time focusing like throughout the day yes. you know when it came to work because of, of these dreams yeah 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 my yeah. apologies to my employer for all the wrong things I did but um you know I think a few days in I became yeah. distracted because I was totally in my head you know, yeah. pondering uh-huh. it, pondering it. But I think later, particularly um, the mornings after I had been Lucy all night, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. I would be in just a really raw emotional place, mm-hmm. um, very sensitive all yeah. day. Um, and there were other things that just, you know, I remember one time I ended up being Quincy for it seemed like several nights in a row and Mm -hmm. my temper was just you know just really on edge because he has such an awful temper um right so it 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 did affect me i i can i can honestly say with at least two or three of the characters whoever i was the night before it kind of uh set the pace for my mood the next day Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. yeah Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, I can only phantom because I, as I as I have read this book and I'm thinking about how you manage to switch roles because especially going from, you know, to, to male roles, you know, and, and being yeah. in a male mindset. And so for you, how was that? Because I know a lot of women wish and prayed that they could think like, what is going on in the side <laughs> of a man's brain? You know, because sometimes we just don't get it. We just don't get it. And so right. for you, what, what was that like, you know, being inside of this character, and, you know, who who was a male? It was um, really an eye-opening perspective. Um, granted, these are, you know, fictitious people, but I was right. still inside of somebody who did not process the way right. I process. Right. Um, and who saw things, particularly, you know, when you're um, dealing with some of their bad behavior, uh, just doing things without conscience. Mm-hmm. They're not, you know, like Jason, he's not thinking I'm using a bunch of women. He's thinking, right. hey, this is fun. Next, you know, and things mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, whereas a lot of times, um, and I'll just use him as an example, you know, he may find himself confronted by some woman like, how could you? You know, I loved you. And right. he's not being ugly. He's just being honest when he's you know, going to stand there and blink at her and go, what I do? Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And he yeah. really yeah. have no idea that he what he did was wrong. He was just satisfying himself and taking care of himself, and he wasn't trying to be malicious. You just happened to be the person who was there, right? You know, so right. to think like that is so not me. Um, so I can't say that it's given me any great male insight because right. I am still single. So there you go. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I didn't get like the the playbook or anything, but. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, it was a really different experience, especially yeah. the, the men in the book are so different. Absolutely. That, Absolutely. you know, that was the roller coaster. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so with this, with the dreams and 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 things being so vividly played out for you. Um mm-hmm. what made you decide, you know what, I need to put this in a book. Um I need I need to share <laughs> some of the some of the things that, that took place in some of these dreams. What made you want to put it right. in a book? Over two million words. <laughs> That's yeah. what, I mean, when I was wow. like, what else you going to do with this? Yeah. You know, when yeah. I was reading back through it, I was like, this is good. I think this could be a book. And <laughs> even though I'd never written a book, and um, back then I did not have some of the resources that are, you know, right. online now. Because, I mean, right. 2002, things were just not the way they are now. But bless my precious little heart, I was so eager. I tried to arrange what I wrote into chapters. Okay. And I had found, um, I didn't look online, and I, was, I found a literary agent. She was in Baltimore, and I sent her, I think she requested, I forget how much it was. I don't remember if I sent the entire book or I just sent the first few chapters. Mm-hmm. But um, I got the nicest letter back from her, and she was like, sweetheart, <laughs> um, books are not two million words. Really, he's like uh, they're more like a hundred thousand. You don't have a book; you have a series, and I see where this could be, you know, really interesting, but too right. much, too much, boo boo. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, cool, but I had no idea how to break it up, um, what to do, because again, yeah. I'm green. I did right. not, you know, go to school to become a writer. I did not sit around and say, this is what I'm going to do now. When I was mm-hmm. in the third grade, I think it was, I was given a book on Phyllis Wheatley. And okay. I decided at that point, oh, I'm going to be an author because Phyllis Wheatley was an author. Now, right. fast forward to 2002 when I'm an adult, I wanted to be about 5,000 other things in the middle of, you know, in the midst of that, including I wanted to be a drummer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> I forgot about that until I became an author. I was like, yes, but I want to do this. But I didn't, I didn't set out saying this was my goal. I just right. wrote what was given to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so for you um, in this book, uh, because the book actually um, starts with uh, the Philly-born playboy, <laughs> uh, Jason Jason White. And so um, then you have uh, other characters such as Bishop Quincy Stewart, uh, Bishop James Collins. And so with each one of these characters and, and, and having a dream and being able to get so much from those dreams and create up to 2 million, you know, 2 million words, how did you uh-huh. go about determining, you know, okay, how much of what do I put in this first series without, you know, trying to put everything uh, in there as you initially wanted to? Well, that's where the publisher comes in. Um, yeah. I really did have pour a whole bunch of stuff in there, um, you know, and uh, my publisher at a New Season Books, um, the editors were like, uh, nah, boo-boo. Uh, give me, they, they really, <laughs> they, they, they helped me structure. They were like, we don't need to know about every raindrop on the lease. You know, we don't need to know 
all these details because I was trying to take everyone there and let them see exactly what I saw, smell what right. I smelled. Just yeah, but that would have been like way too much and more detail than anybody who reads the book would want to read. So they right. helped me um, focus on the parts that mattered and to learn how to tell the story um, and give the detail without giving all the detail. And so that was, yeah, editing was interesting. (laughs) (laughs) And so, of course, with this book, you guys, it's entitled Hidden in Plain Sight. And so, um, Sharon, without giving away too much, uh, take us us on a little stroll about uh, what Hidden in Plain Sight in plain sight is about and and some of the characters that we're going to be introduced along this journey. Whew. Um, <laughs> huh. I would say the hidden in plain sight is, you know, it, it's about basically what it sounds like it's about. It's about things not being what they seem. Um, right. You've got three core families, um, mm-hmm. And each family has something going on that either isn't what it seems within the family or isn't what it seems with the family and the public. And you've got, um, for example, with the Collins household and the Stewart household, you've got, Mm -hmm. you know, two uh, prominent pastors in Raleigh, North Carolina, um, with two, you know, little mega churches going and two different approaches and, um, just even the dynamics with their churches, um, how, you know, at one church you've got every stereotypical thing that could go wrong at a church going on, um, mm-hmm. and but yet they're still secret. You know, and I always stop, sometimes I stop and say, as raggedy as that church, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say raggedy, but as um, <laughs> talented as that church was, they might as well have had it all out there. Um and uh, so anyway, the journey is dealing with the families. And the, let me back up, because the title of the series, Under the Shadow of the Almighty, is actually right. the title of the original two million word manuscript. Okay. And, okay. and it means that the title, that's basically that's the title I got, um, I believe, divinely when I finished. But it deals with uh, living under the shadow of an almighty God, because you've got people who um, are supposed to be living under the shadow of the Almighty because of their faith and because of their calling, and then mm-hmm. also what it's like living under the shadow of the influential, of the uh, Christian uh, stars, for lack of a better description, mm-hmm. um, and what goes on with people in the background. And we've seen our share of scandals and stuff come on Absolutely. the news. So it's like, well, what was it like being in their house? What was it like being that wife? What was mm-hmm. it like being, you know, um, so there's, it's the good and the bad going on. Like some people will criticize a minister um, right. for all sorts of things when he's really on the up and up, right? you know? Um, right. So, so that's what it is. It's about secrets. And then you've got um, the one family that's not, you know, full of bishops and what have you, uh, the white family, and their family just is, tragic to you know they're in philadelphia and jason basically um the book opens with jason's mother bridget being dead right and she's young she's she dies in her late 40s 
um, and she died suddenly of a brain aneurysm, and her life has been difficult. Um, Mm -hmm. And she's a single parent of uh, three children, and so she dies, and she has been Jason's everything. That's his mom, you know, Mm -hmm. and he's the oldest, the only boy. And, um, you know, he tried to do for his mom and everything. And so while he's, he's this self-made man who, you know, started from the bottom, now he's here. You know, he was raised in the worst project, in the worst situation. But thanks to his aunt, he, you know, got in those books, because his aunt's a teacher, uh, got in those books and did really well and was getting scholarships and became number one. And so he's driven for that. To, to be number one in everything, mm-hmm. you know, in business, right. in playing, in everything, you know. And so um, right when he's processing losing the only parent he's ever known, his aunt hits him with all the family, you know, tea. She right. just went straight Quincy Jones on him, just told <laughs> everybody everything. <laughs> and, you know, that being – you know, Jason's foundation, he literally got shook, just like, what the what? And he's got a ton of questions, and he can't ask his mom because she's gone, and he's in that awkward situation where you get news from a third party and can't talk to the real people involved, you know? (laughs) So uh, he's trying to process this, and, you know, he doesn't do the best job, but he doesn't he does the best job he can with the information he's given. And that sends him down to Raleigh, North Carolina, um, where he begins to look for the man who donated the sperm to create him. And it goes on from there. (laughs) (laughs) And so with this book, uh, because Sharon, we all know, especially when it, when it comes to, the church in general. Um, a lot of people are always um skeptical about writing about the, some things that take place in church and some things that take place in pastors or, or bishops' lives, um, because there's always controversy because for some reason right. people feel that, you know, if you got that title, pastor, bishop, apostle, whatever, you are supposed to live a life of perfection. You know, and, and right. nothing is supposed to go wrong. Um, but we we've seen it. <laughs> you know, like you said, we've seen yeah. in the media that it, you know it can be quite the opposite at times. Right. And so, with this book and writing this book, you know, you you delve into a lot of what transpired transpires in these individuals' lives. And so, for you, how important was it for you once you began writing to make sure that you gave your readers, you know, a great insight um, on these, on these certain individuals background and their, you know, what they, what they had faced. I felt responsible for them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I felt that I owed them I felt like I I owed them the honor of having their stories told Mm -hmm, because I felt mm -hmm. like I had been entrusted with their stories. Yes, these are fictional people, even though I've had some people say, you know, maybe the ancestors were talking to you. I don't know. (laughs) But whosoever, um, I I felt like I needed to be true to them because I had been in their body. 
Right. I had lived their lives, and the way the story plays out throughout the series, it was important that you knew who they were, that they aren't just stereotypes, because all of them have layers as to why they became who they became. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was important, even with the wretched folk, for you to see kind of where that came from, that they right. didn't wake up one day and go, you know what, I'm just going to be trifling. You know, but they, there was something that started the ball rolling. In many of these cases, somebody dropped the ball in their lives. Um, sometimes it's just their own bad decisions. And one of the things that um, – one of the themes in there um, really deals with our youth um, and just about, you know, you, you have these two women, young girls – well, younger women – Lucy and uh, Victoria, I'm not, I'm sorry, Lucy and Bridget, I'm sorry, who, um, you know, they put all their eggs in one basket after some little boy. You know, it's just like they found that young love, you know, in your teens, and he is everything. Oh, you see his future. He going to be this, he going to be that, and he going to be your baby daddy, and he going to, you know, and you can't see the future. And a lot of what they put on these men were their hopes and dreams rather than the man or the young man they were dealing with. Right. And so they give their all, they put all their eggs in one basket, and in in both cases there were disastrous results. Right. Um, because they counted on things, and I see that happening a lot even, you know, today, um, where people, that you get so caught up in this guy Absolutely. And not realizing you got this whole long life to live. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, the decisions mm-hmm. you make now may keep you from having the best life, you know? Right. So right. Uh, there's a lot of that. There's, you know, all these sins from the past that you have to live out. You know, there's the grace of God, but there's also consequences, you know? And uh, these people are living out consequences um, and having to, you know, adults up and and deal with them. Right. One of the things about with with dreams is that oftentimes people um, always get the sense of, okay, what is the purpose? I, I know for me, I've had dreams and I'm in the middle of the night Googling, like, what does this mean? <laughs> yeah. what, what, what does yeah. this mean for 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 me to to dream about certain things and so what I want to do is I want to take a quick break but I want to come back and I want to talk about uh, what you personally learned and took away uh, from this from these uh, reoccurring dreams and then we have some questions from um, some listeners as well so you guys we're gonna take a little break uh, but we're we're gonna come back with more sharing more you guys uh, right here on the beautiful butterfly show and don't forget if you're on the line you got a question or a comment question for you want to ask uh, you can press one or you can call in three four seven three two six nine one three nine is the number you guys and so we're gonna take a little break uh, but we're gonna come back with more right here on the beautiful butterfly show. What do you get when you fuse together a smooth, debonair man with an explosive volcano attitude? Mr. Quincy O'Reilly, a man living a secret life that he has perfected in keeping a secret. 
with his hidden profession, that is how he would prefer it to be. Who doesn't like the element of surprise? A true businessman by day and mysterious man by night. Will he be able to maintain the two without getting caught? Innocent and sweet doesn't mean powerless. Just ask Kaylee Jack, who has now had the chance to encounter meeting Quincy. Driven to stake claim in the one man she wants, she tackles the obstacles thrown her way. Determined that nothing will stand in her way could be deadly. What happens when Quincy's secrets are revealed? Who will be set free? Who will be pulled deeper into a mysterious world? Or will the lies and secrets destroy anyone in its path after the smoke from the gun has cleared? Check out Quiet Storm by author Deidre Lachey. Available on Amazon.com and www.blackbeautypresents.com. And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Tonight, we are chatting with Sharon D. Moore, you guys, about her book entitled Hidden in Plain Sight. And don't forget, if you have a question or a comment for her, feel free to call in. The number is 347-326-9139 is the number. Or if you're online listening, uh, you can go ahead and press 1, and we'll be happy to bring you in here. And so for you, um, Sharon, what um, from your dreams, we were talking about how we, we learn different things from from our dream and so for you what were some of the things you you learned or you or you kind of took away from hair having uh this this reoccurring dream oh wow man um to to trust the spirit within me to trust yeah. it um because you know you you can begin to doubt and everything but when i went when i followed the flow Mm-hmm. Of what when I followed what was happening, it was, it was a it was really yeah that's that's basically it. when I followed the flow everything was great, yeah. um there was peace and everything so that that was important, and um I also learned that you can do things that you never thought you could do, I mean you, you know when you know when you're obedient to what you're given I learned things from the characters, um I learned about uh. Being in love with love hmm. of yeah. people, um, I really, I mean, to be honest, it has helped me examine, you know, my personal life. Um, just little things um, that you just pick up. Uh, it, it it shifted my perspective. Um, I believe I'm more compassionate towards. Uh, people in, in leadership now in the church, believe it or not, to be like, you, no, you're not. But really, I mean, I, I try to see through, um, like, I don't want to call any names, but since I since I wrote the book, um, there have been a bunch of scandals. And when I hear something ha- happen that is kind of similar to the book, I, I look at, the, at what could be the backstory. You know, before we nail right. this person to the cross, what could be the backstory to that? And you never know what people are going through. You know, you never know. Like I remember years ago when um, 
Kirk Franklin came out about, you know, his his struggle at the time or things he struggled with in the past, nobody knew what Tammy was living with. But everybody was like, ooh, look at Tammy Franklin with her husband. You know what I mean? And um, I thank God that they're, you know, together and, and have celebrated recently a, a wedding anniversary. But, you know, you never know what's going on. And just because someone is standing in a pulpit or standing in leadership or, or doing whatever, you don't know. They could right. have the best life ever, or they could be living in pure hell. And that goes for the kids, you know. You were like, Absolutely. man, their kids got everything. You don't know what those kids are going through. They could be being ignored. Right. They could be, right. you know, all sorts of things going on. So, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we have a question here from uh, Donna from Sacramento. Uh, hey, she Donna. wants to know, um, do you still have uh, reoccurring dreams that are so deep, as, uh, that are as detailed um, as this one that you had for a year, uh, which led to this book? So do you still have, you know, some no. reoccurring dreams? Yeah. No, I can honestly say I don't even think I've had the same dream twice. Ever wow. since that happened. Wow. Wow. That's Amazing. what made it stand out. I mean, this was yeah, yeah. an anomaly yeah. cut. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Josephine from Dallas, Texas. Uh, hey, she Josephine. says, do you take notes on every dream just in case they may occur again? <laughs> Good question, Josephine. And actually, I have. I have yeah. two book ideas that I got from dreams. I only had the dreams once, but I'd be like, mm-hmm. huh, that's a neat concept. Yeah. And, you know, I jotted it down. And, I mean, I haven't developed them, but I have the ideas written down. Mm-hmm. Good question. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And so, of course, you have uh, this first series um, uh, mm-hmm. of the Under the Shadows of the Almighty series. And so, of course, um, and one of the questions I definitely want to know, on the cover, there's a picture of a, a couple. Um, who <laughs> yeah. is the couple on the cover? Oh, my goodness. Isn't that the best <laughs> picture ever? It is. Well, um... It is. That uh, picture actually uh, is the parents of a, a friend of mine, um, and she, Kim, hey, Kim, I don't know if you're listening, but hey, um, Kim had posted a picture of her parents, like throwback when they were in mm-hmm. their teens, because they met um, in their teens and, you know, fell in love, and um, it was the best picture, and as soon as I saw the picture, I saw the characters. You know, mm-hmm. back when they were young, and I was like, gotta have it. And so <laughs> I asked she if she was going to go between. And uh, she, you know, went to her mother, and we were able to, you know, come to an agreement. But yes, that is Miss um, Nettie uh, Redmond on the cover. And um, I believe Kim's father is deceased. But yes, that's them on the cover. And it's the best. That picture just says so much. It does. And I just and it love it. Is- it kind of takes you back because actually we have uh, so many pictures of my grandfather and my grandmother 
um, and my aunts and uncles, you know, in these old fashioned black and white, you know, black and white um, photos um, back in the day when, you know, love was just love (laughs) and and they were just free and uh, enjoying one another. And so it definitely takes you back to uh, a different time. Uh, when things right. were definitely uh, much different and so forth. And so I definitely um, love seeing that on the cover. And so, of course, I know this is um, the first series. And so with the next series, um, what's going to be the name of that one? And when do you plan on dropping the next book in this series? Okay. Well, the next series of books, um, I'm not sure, but I think it might the, – the working title right now is Six of One, Half a Dozen of Another, um, okay. and that's actually about me. <laughs> it's um, okay. What I did is I took 24 years of my dating history. Wow. I'm, it, no, I'm joking. I took 23 years of my dating <laughs> history, and um, I created a fictional character named Amerigua, mm-hmm. And um, she basically goes through um, some of the things I went through, being, you know, at that, the book takes place when she's in her 40s, you know, being okay. over 40, single, never been married, childless, all your friends get married, mm-hmm. your plus mm-hmm. size, extended plus right. size, and just what all the things that go with it. There's a lot of laughing in there, but there's <laughs> also, you know, some some kind of um, – painful moments, um, but that was just, you know, again, getting some things out of me, and I fictionalized it so that there's things that people did that I kind of switched it because I'm not trying to get sued, and I'm not, (laughs) but um, I switched stuff around a little bit, but um, if you see you, if you see yourself in that book, repent, but um, yeah, so that that, um, is what I would like to release next. Now, in terms of the Under the Shadow of the Almighty series, hopefully sooner rather than later. I'm trying to get it so that there'll be um, kind of two offerings in close proximity, but right. the, it is coming out, um, and I, it's just um, I want it to be right, mm-hmm. uh, and I want to make sure that people get the same experience, if not more, yeah, um, than they got from the first book absolutely absolutely well i'm gonna tell you guys you're definitely going to want to uh read uh hitting the end plain sight and so sharon for the folks out here tell them where they can go to purchase uh hitting in plain sight absolutely um you can of course go to amazon.com and look for hidden in plain sight you're going to need to use my name you can type in sharon moore or sharon d as in denise moore um, that's Amazon.com. You can go to my Facebook page, which is author Sharon M. Wright. That's Sharon, S-H-A-R-O-N, uh, last name more, but M for more, and W-R-I-T-S. You can get to it from there. Or you can go to my website, which is SharonMoore.net. Um, if, now, I will throw this out there. If you have a bookstore or you are a bookseller and want to carry my book, you can go to uh, new season books and uh, .com and, you know, contact them and they'll be more than happy to work with you. Or you can go through Ingram. 
to get copies to uh, carry in your store. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And I'm going to tell you guys, you're definitely um, going to want to purchase this book. And uh, it's just um, an awesome book. And, and I love um, just getting to know these characters. I think once you read this book, you kind of feel like you have a, almost a personal connection, you know, with, with some <laughs> of these characters um, after you finish reading the books because you get so, de- you know, deep into their lives and, and the things that transpire. And so um, I'm glad. You know, I, I can only imagine having a dream for that time for that time period. I think I probably would have been exhausted and 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 yeah. probably somebody would have tried to have me committed, um, probably. <laughs> but I I I I'm I I know it's definitely um uh, been a blessing for you to be able to get that vision, you know, because that's something yeah. everybody doesn't get the opportunity to to be gifted with, you know, have those dreams that just provide you with um an awesome story such as this. And so uh, from this process, uh, Sharon, being this, this first-time writer, being this first-time author, uh, what have you learned the most about Sharon throughout this whole process, from from the dreams to where you are now? What what have you learned about Sharon? Wow. Um, hmm. Um, I'm learn. Oh, wow. That's a loaded question. <laughs> I'm I've learned that I'm capable. Yeah. Um I've learned that I'm worthy. Mhm. Um I've learned that um I've learned that I have a lot to learn. Um mm-hmm. because like going through the editing process and I mean the whole literary uh, life was new to me. I had a lot to learn. And, you know, when you get my age, you've experienced a lot. You're like, oh, I know. But no, you don't know, <laughs> you know. So right. I've had to learn a lot. And I, that opened my eyes to that. I have a, still a lot to learn. Um, and that's okay. Um, I've also learned some of my flaws, which I'm not going to tell y'all. <laughs> you know, some of my flaws, the areas that need work. Um <laughs> And so, yeah, it's it's been a blessing. It's been a blessing. And I think I am better for having this experience. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, uh, of course, uh, Sharon, for the folks out there, they want to be able to connect with you as far as social media. They may read the book, want to give you some feedback, some comments. Um, Tell them how they can go about connecting with you. Well, of course, I gave you my website already, yep. but it's Sharon Moore. That's two O's and more. Sharon Moore uh, dot net. Um, you can find me on social media at Sharon M Wright. That's S H A R O N M W R I T E S. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter with that. And if you throw the word author in front of it, you can find me on Facebook. And feel free to email me at Sharon at SharonMoore.net. Yes, that, that's the email that goes straight to me. And um, I'd love to hear from you. 
Awesome, awesome. Well, Sharon, it has definitely been a pleasure. Uh, it's so much fun having you on the show this evening, and I am so glad that uh, you and I were able to connect and you were able to come yeah. on here and share um, your journey and this awesome, awesome story with myself as well as the listeners. And so we definitely want to uh, uh, take the time to thank you for that. And we're lo- I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to uh, the next one in store. And I know um, – when that first one comes out, that next one, you want it to be all that you want it to be. And I'm sure um, that the next one will, in fact, be uh, everything you desire to be. So definitely, uh, we would oh, love you. to have you back on here um, again. Absolutely. So definitely connect with us. And we would definitely love to have you back on again and get the next uh, part of this series shared. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. And so for the folks out here, uh, you got any final thoughts or words or uh, words of, of inspiration <laughs> you want to share wow. with the listeners? <laughs> um, only word of inspiration I can give you is to, first of all, die empty. Make sure that mm. when you take your last breath, you've done all that you can do with what you've been given. Um, mm. Do all this in your heart to do, to do all this in your head to do. That's legal. I'll throw that out there. And the other thing is never be afraid to be you. Never be afraid to be you. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so uh, you guys make sure you go and check out Hidden in Plain Sight um, by author Sharon D. Moore. And once again, thank you so much for coming on here. And uh, I would definitely – Thank you, Bianca, uh, for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. I truly, truly enjoyed it. And I'll definitely be in touch with you, and I hope you have a great rest of your evening. Same to you. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. Good night. Good night. All right, you guys. That was Arthur Sharon D. Moore, um, author of Hidden in Plain Sight. So make sure you guys head on over to Amazon.com to check out their um, awesome book. Or you can go to Sharon uh, D. Moore Wright. Um, dot com to uh, purchase the book and keep up to uh, where she's going to be for book signings, events, all those great things as well. And so uh, we are definitely um, so proud of all the individuals that come through the show um, who show us support uh, continuously um, because, with like I say all the time, uh, without you guys, we, in fact, could not do that. And so we definitely want to thank all of you guys who continue to take the time to come on here on the platform to share your story, to share your life with us, uh, to those of you that call in, to those of you that are listening uh, while you're working and, and driving uh, from home and, and all of those great things. And so uh, with that said, um looking forward to more of you guys coming on our platform. And so coming up on Thursday, you guys, we got Andrea Hamilton. She is the owner and CEO of um, and Natural LLC, and so she's actually a part of a company, and uh, I know a lot of women have talked about, um, you know, using personal hygiene products during that time of the month, and a lot of people are opposed to those because they say they're toxic, you know, some people's body don't react well to them. Well, she's actually a part of a company that has created a, a natural, a more holistic way um, and a, and a sanitary napkin for women um, that 
you know, doesn't carry those toxins and doesn't carry those irritations um, that so many of us women endure um, during those times um, of the month, unfortunately. So make sure you come and join us as we discuss her company, um, as well as the action that she has taken to create more holistic um, routes to helping men and women um, improve their body, their health, and all of those great things. So that's coming up this Thursday um, at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. And so with that said, you guys, we're going to get ready to get out of here. I am Bianca Fly, and I'll see you guys Thursday. Have a good one.